I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined as always, every time by uh, Dr. The good doctor, Eric Thomas. Good doctor. As well as the Barbados sensation, sensation. Carl Phillips. <laughs> what it do? Fellas, how you feeling? How you feeling? No, I still don't have a new baby. Um, I, man, listen, man. Listen, listen, listen. I'm already like, okay, little mama is diva out. Yeah. She got us yeah. over here waiting, y'all. Waiting to debate for all so long. Yeah, he came, yeah so he came down last weekend. Thinking that for sure she was gonna be here by now. She was due on Saturday. E and Diddy came down, man. We went to dinner. We hung out. We waiting on little mama. We walked. Waiting, waiting, waiting. We walked. Oh, we walked. We, walked. we did everything. We climbed stairs. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, Lord, have we? I'm talking about we didn't hit a marathon. If nothing else, I'm in shape for this baby. So, um, nah, man. Little mama still hasn't come out. We had some contractions this morning. We went out and walked and. Man, I uh, I don't know, man. I was spoiled because I'm going to be real with y'all. From the very first doctor's appointment we went to with Trey, they were like, January 4th is your due date. January 3rd, about mid, about 11.30 midnight, going into the 4th, he started kicking. By 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he was here. So, I, silly me, I was naive enough to think that I might get a back-to-back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, but I noticed. It did I, not go like I that. I noticed his, um, you know, like, come on, E. You know, that's ignorance. You should know. But I'm just like, wow, how is it that they know? You know, they can, uh, they can pinpoint the exact date. Because both of mine came on the due date. Like, both of mine oh, came both them yep, did. the exact time. Yep. I think Jordan, I'm trying to remember Jordan. I think he was like a, a day or two. Or, he was a day or two off. But, like, still right there, Jesse was kind of close, too. Right. You know, they were right yep. there, yeah. Nah, it's crazy, man. And you know, it's funny the other day because we were talk we were at dinner. We went to uh Houston's man and, and shout out to the young lady. What's her name? E? Jazz. I can't remember her Jazz. name. Jazz. Jazz. Jazz, yeah, Jazz. Shout out to Jazz who was at um Houston's. We walked into Houston's and we had to wait because there was like seven of us. And so they were getting the table ready for us. And she came over, Jazz came over and was like, oh my God, E.T. And She's a, a member of the Breathe University family, um, and she was in there grinding, getting after it, and we hung out with her. And I, th- I think he ended up going back the next day. Back to, to back. So <laughs> back to back. Um, so he went back, but while we were at dinner that night, it was funny because I was talking to, we were, Candace, Didi, E and Eric uh, and I were talking, and uh, I was like, boo, what's the last day? You know, before I could leave, like she got to come by at least when. And she was like, I don't know. And then so we were talking about E and Didi. And E, you actually left. Didi tells us after Jada was born that you were gone for six weeks the day after she was born. Oh, let me tell you. I've never heard of such savagery. Carl, I was like, yo, six? And they're going to think, I was like, E, was you out the country? He was like, nah, bro. I'm like, yeah, you couldn't get a fly back in, a $40 air train, nothing, back to the crib for a quick second. You was gone for a full six weeks. I'm on a, I was like, wow, I'm on a world tour with Muhammad, my man. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, I'm like, yo, with the mic in my hand. <laughs> yeah, no, no, tell us about that, please, because I want to know. Well, I'm just going to be real, man. We were young. You know, we weren't um, in a place financially, you know, um, you know, where we wanted to be. Didi, of course, was working, you know, as a nurse, but she had taken off for what? Maybe six weeks or whatever, 12 weeks, whatever they give you. So it wasn't all with pay. You know what I'm saying? So we bringing a child right. into the world. And um, as much as we could, we wanted to be financially um, stable. You know, so for me, it meant um, going on the road. And Jada was born. It's the craziest thing. I, I probably missed Jada's birthday. See, that's why you got to be careful how you start stuff. Because I, I was there when she was born, but then I left immediately after, maybe about an hour or so afterwards. And I missed her birthday. I think, see, up until... She told me uh, to stop. I remember. Yeah. That was up for sure. I remember. So. Yeah, so, so here's the crazy part, though. March has always been March. April has always been a very, um, you know, uh, busy time of the year for me with colleges, you know, high schools, et cetera. And I, I, so I don't know. But yeah, six weeks. But I will say this. See, I do believe at some point and I, I can't, you know, say this, um, you know, this isn't you know, empirical evidence, but I do believe that at least once or twice I made it back in those six weeks because I left Chicago and then I was Oh, in, that, ain't, that ain't what Diddy said. You know what happens, see, after, you and know, Diddy said after you, 18 you years. Not, yeah. She said you ain't even called. Uh, she was like, he ain't even uh, called. Yeah. You know, it's the urban legend. Revision yeah. history, you know what right? I'm saying? Gets, after five or six years, see, the story yeah. gets get uh, it just gets yeah, blown out of proportion. Like, yeah, it was six months, hey. no call, no nothing. Hey, he was trying to try to like figure out the whole absentee father thing. Like I guess he was had to figure <laughs> oh, out his dad was gone <laughs> and he had to figure out how to get back in. <laughs> oh. <or. laughs> and did did you have Jalen with you? Yeah, Boog was with me. Yeah, Boog was with me. Uh, oh, Boog was with well, you know you. what? Okay. Let me not lie. I don't remember if Boog was with me. Please that, say that he was with you, because that'll make it a little oh, better. Please, please actually, tell me he was actually, with you. You know, actually he wasn't. Because there are pictures that I remember him being <laughs> in the hospital with her. So she was. Now, here's a good thing, though. See, my mother-in-law has always been ride or die. About a week later, my mother-in-law came up and stayed there until I got back. Wow. Yeah, I was just hoping you took Jay. That would have made it a little better. Let me tell you something. My mother-in-law here and I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So how you feel about that? Hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? We both Hey, here. it's new school. Y'all upgraded. It's a new generation. Y'all has upgraded. Hey. But hey, you can't fault me for, you can't say I was not um, um, grinding, like the grind didn't just start, the grind, and you can't say that it's been you know, like partial grind. It's been grind since the day my kids were born. I've been grinding, bro. Oh, that's a whole nother level of grind. Hey, hey, can I say this though? You ask them today, you know, the benefits of that grind, I, I guarantee you my kids will say they're grateful for the grind that I did. They live a, a decent life. I'm just shocked you had a wife when you came back. You no doubt. Bro, I'd have came back. I'm talking about house empty. You know what I'm saying? Like, honey, I'm home. I'm like, whoa, wait. Whoa. She living with Tyrone. You know what We saying? have to start doing a marriage podcast so that you can let give Didi a forum to speak about. Oh, you be careful oh, yeah, what no. you ask for. It. Well, I'm not asking for it. I'm not asking for it. But I'm sure that I'm sure there are plenty young ladies that are out there that would relish that opportunity. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right, well, we, we shall see. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, nah, Avery is, uh, 
still not here, man. So wow, this is different. We uh, we're just gonna keep walking and 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 hitting these marathons off. And I guess uh, you know Sunday, if she's not here, they're gonna induce, uh, which my wife is not happy about that. But so she's trying to get do everything she can to to get little mama out, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, let's start the show, man. Appreciate all of y'all for tuning in as always. Let's jump right into our favorite segment, Am I Tripping Or? And uh, this week, man, Am I Tripping Or? Y'all help me out. Has organic gone too far? Uh, all right, let me explain. When organic has gone wrong. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I, I, I could be just me. But my wife, of course, you know, every time, you know, the pregnancy thing, you know, you try to be a little bit more health conscious. You know, we're trying to do better as a family, you know, regardless. But I'm going to the grocery store and she got me buying organic Pop-Tarts and organic <laughs> fruit snacks for my son. <laughs> Bruh, I promise y'all. I promise y'all. I bought organic Popped up. Oh, First of all, it took me about five and a half hours to find what it. What does that mean, though? Like, I do not see the organic What does that mean exactly, though? Can you help me? I don't know. Uh, I'm like, Pop-Tarts is supposed to be like a treat. And I'm promising, I mean, we got organic mac and cheese. Let me tell you how bad the organic mac and cheese is. Like, when you mix in the cheese, like, she had me make it. But it's, like, still, <laughs> the funny part, it's organic mac and cheese, but it's still in, like, the craft little bowl, you know, where you just peel the right, top off. Right, right, right. You put the cheese powder in, it don't even turn yellow. <laughs> it stay white. I said, oh, Lord. And so I'm just like, yo, am I tripping or has the organic thing just hit a whole nother level? I'm in Whole Foods. They selling jars of asparagus water for, like, $14. I'm saying, okay. At some point, this is just going too yeah, far, I, and I don't know if I. I just want to know if it was just me or did y'all notice that? Yeah, too? I just want to know the price point because I, I, I do. Of course, we get a lot of organic things, juice, the spinach, etc. But I want to know the price point <laughs> for the organic <laughs> pop tarts versus the no, no, no. Regular, oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it, you, you gonna pay an extra three, four dollars? No, Carl. And, and Carl, remind me. I'm gonna take a picture of. Both of them, and I'll send you, and you, you got put it to. on the website. You got so to. See what I'm saying. But I'm talking about organic Pop-Tarts. I'm saying, what? And you, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So now you're going to pay, if the regular box of Pop-Tarts $2.99, you're going to pay $5.99, $6.99 for the organic. If the fruit snacks was, you know, $1.99 for, you know, the little, you know, whatever brand, the organic ones, you know, $4.99, $5.99. It's just insane. And I'm like, okay, has this gone too far? Like, Pop-Tarts is a snack. You know what I'm saying? Like, you killing me. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. my wife is still. I'm like, and now I'm just I'm like, how do we even know it's organic? That, 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 you know that's the question. Like, yep. Somebody just put that on the I'm label. Saying, you didn't just well, slap the organic on it. The label said uh -huh. Yeah, I'm like, wow, unbelievable, man. So, Y'all noticed that too. Okay, good. All right. Well, we'll get off of that, man. And, and for those of you listening out there, maybe you noticed some things that was a little out of whack. Don't even go to Whole Foods. I'm like, Whole Foods, y'all done lost y'all mind with some of the stuff y'all got in there. Lord have mercy. So uh, anyway, man, let's jump into uh, the topic this week. And we had a few different routes that we were going to go to. And, and I, I think what I'll try to do is blend the stuff that you know, you were talking about uh, with a lot of the stuff that we were talking about. So after we had the discussion last week of setting the environment and, and keeping that home court advantage, um, you know, the crazy part is both teams lost home court advantage. And I'm tripping and I'm looking at, you know, what happened and I'm going, wow, 
you had the 30-point win, the 33-point win, and then something shifted where they didn't have that home court advantage and they let it go. And I'm watching it now, for real. It's 2-3, and Cleveland back at home, and I'm saying, hold up. You, we gave Tyron Lue a hard time, and we gave, uh, you know, Brown a, a rough time last week, and here we go with, you know, tomorrow night. Um, this was, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, and tomorrow night, you know, they got a chance to tie this thing up, heading back for game seven where anything is possible. So how did, in your eyes, how did each team, after looking so good on the home court, then lose the home court advantage the very following game. Oh, I'll just say Draymond Green was gone. So that was a, a major piece, you know, and hopefully one time we'll get an opportunity to kind of, from my perspective, talk about, um, you know, control of controllables, you know, and one of the things that I know, you know, a lot of these young people that I deal with who call themselves talented, you know, they don't really deal with, and I, and I know you sent me the meme, see, and you're going to want to elaborate on this, you know, we hire, uh, for character and we can train for skill and I think you know for me man one of the things that you know I was disappointed with was just the fact that Draymond Green specifically said in the Oklahoma series you know about the flagrant files that he would not get a flagrant like he would not get suspended you know that he, you know he wouldn't take it that far and so for me man I was just disappointed um, just because I know there are so many talented people, you know, in different industries that are not controlling the controllable, see, you know, and for you to get, you know, for you not to play in the game uh, and you're not injured or you don't have other health concerns, you know, for you to get kicked out on something that you can control, you know, of course, it reminded me I'm from Detroit, so Rashid Wallace back in the day, but I do see uh, see a lot of, young people who do not understand that while talent is a very pivotal uh, role or plays a very pivotal role, you know, in where we are in our industries, we cannot overlook, see the importance of character, you know, and, you know, just the, the, the language that was used. And I know people have debated, you know, was it right or was it wrong? Uh, yeah, but for me, you still, to some extent, put yourself in that situation. And so I want my young people to understand that we do have to be careful that talent alone is not enough, you know, for us um, to get in some of the arenas that we want to get into, have the success that we want to have and be able to sustain it, um, how, how we act and how what we show people in terms of our character, I think is just as important. And that's what I saw Draymond being gone to me and, and we'll never know. But for me, I, I think that was a pivotal piece to lose one of your key players in a big game like that. And um, so just sidebar, but Andrew Bogut is out for the rest of the game, the series yeah. too. So that's going right. to be interesting. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. I just, I just saw the alert on my phone literally like two minutes ago. But I'm going with M&Ms today. Let's see, I got two M's. Number one, mental toughness. Um, it's just weird. when Again, you think about the last game, I believe at halftime the score was tied, 61-61, if I remember correctly. And <clears throat> the other M I'm going to tie, and the two go together, momentum and mental toughness. Like on mm -hmm. either side of it, if momentum is real. Like you, you score a couple points, get a couple def defensive stops, like it changed the whole flow. The crowd not in it no more. Like it changed what's happening, you know what I'm saying? But then on the mm -hmm. flip side, it's like, yo, this is not a new position for you. You've been down before both teams. You got to figure out a way 
to find that mental toughness to, okay, I just messed up a shot. How do I come back? Like, we know how to score. We know how to defend. Like, this is what we do for a living. Like, how do I not execute this at the highest level I can the very next play? And not let, you know, not let that one player turn into three bad players and three mishaps mm -hmm. and four things. You know what I'm saying? So those two, I think, they're the two keys for me that both teams experienced. A lack of mental toughness on the side that lost. And then the momentum work for the side that won. Like, they just got one or two players that turned into six points, then yeah, eight points, big. and then that's 12 big. points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that quick. And it's just like you couldn't. And I, this is one of the things I, I was going to ask you guys, not to go away from the topic, but as a coach, when do you give up on the game? Like, is it halfway through the fourth? Is it at the beginning of the fourth? Because, like, literally, like, you saw the fact that they pulled the starters out, and it was, to me, it was kind of early. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm fighting a little harder to the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, they kind of pulled out to me a little early, but, I mean, whatever. But those two. Well, I think, I think it's, you know, when it's a series, you have to think about. The next you know, game. Upcoming. Yeah, yeah, you kind of yeah. got to play for an entire set of circumstances. Gotcha. But I want to go back to something, you know, E said when he talked <clears> about <throat> controlling what you can control. And, the, and the, the joint we've been using at the conference was the 10 things that re require oh, yeah. zero talent. Yeah you know, and the things that you can control. So I'll just go through them real quick and you can expound on, you know, kind of what you've been talking about in that sense. But, you know, the first one is being on time. Number two, work ethic. Three, effort. Four, body language. Five, energy. Six, attitude. Seven, passion. Eight, being coachable. Nine, doing extra. Ten, being prepared. All things that require zero talent. You don't have to have one lick of talent to complete these 10 tasks. And so, E, that's something that you've been on heavy. And as we, you know, now transitioning, you know, hopefully, like I said, you know, we, we do talk about sports, we love sports. But again, like I said, you know, hopefully you're taking something out of that that you can apply to your life. And one of the things that, you know, I took away from, especially this last game with, with Kyrie and LeBron was just that competitive spirit. Like, yo, we not about to get ran up out of here. Like the whole world thinks we about to get ran up out of here. I'm not going to let it happen. And that, you know, that, that takes a lot of mental toughness to dig in. And it was like just the two of them were on. It wasn't like the whole team had a great rhythm, but two people just said, hey, we about to go to this next level. And I think for us, you know, having, you know, our, even our top tier when things, you know, aren't going right throughout the whole squad, having those leaders that you can depend on who are going to put it on their back and go to that next level. For me, I was looking like, wow, like they literally two men showed it and just went to that next level. And so um, for me, that was one yeah. of the things that I took away. But E, we talk about yeah, I, I wanted to uh, say something though, week, real quick, though. You see. know, you had a you, you were kind of irritated because people were hitting you up on some crazy stuff and kind of on that complaining spirit and kind of on that. Um, you know, whoa, it's me kind of thing. And they talked about, you know, their inner circle. Like, you know, they were kind of on that, hey, well, if I had your inner circle and I had the people of influence around me, you know, I'd be taking it to that next level as well. And so, E, can you kind of break that down? You hit me with it, you know, just earlier today. And I was like, wow, we need to bring that to the podcast. But, you know, people complaining about, hey, I don't have anybody to connect to. You know, I don't have any resources. Kind of break that down for us and why... You have to do what you have to do in order to gain those resources. See, I think the first thing, you know, that we need to do is put this in context. You know, who we are in terms of ETA, you know. And again, nobody knew who we were, see, you know, years ago. Nobody, nobody knew us. So we're not talking about a company that already had uh, a series of, you know, uh, resources, human resources, et cetera. So, so I need you guys to really pay attention because... It can be said now that if we need to make a phone call 
we have a lot of people from a lot of different industries that we do have, you know, as our supporters. You know, so number one, and when you look at the game, I think when you're down 3-1-C, look, I, even though you're doing well and, and like I'm up 3-1, when you're down 3-1-C, there is, a, there is a level of desperation that I really think that, I don't know how to put this, but, but the desperation when you're down 3-1 versus the desperation when you up 3-1, like that's a, that's a different desperation. You know, and so while you might come out and say, we want to win the game and we know we're missing a player too, but we want to win this one, it's, it's a little different. See, and, and I'm going to be honest, I saw Clay, do, Clay was doing his thing, but every time you make a shot, it's like Kyrie was coming back like, okay, wh whatever you do, I can do better. No, you can't. Yes, I can't. No, you can't. Yes, I can't. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, I, I, that's what I was seeing. And I think what people yeah. need to understand about us Principle number one, we were desperate, see? We were desperate. Like, it was a situation where your mom was like, yo, are you doing the right thing, son? Your wife, are you doing the right thing? You know, um, um, uh, Carl, his wife, you know, okay, baby, you sure? Mom, are you sure? Like, we were desperate, guys. It wasn't like we had $50,000 in the bank, you know, or we were guaranteed something. Like, we, I, I believe that we got our network because we fought, man, we fought. No matter what happened, good day, bad day, bad day, good day, we fought. And so one of the things I wanna to say to those of you who are listening, I'm not playing when I say you have to find a why. I'm not playing when I talk about the intrinsic values because if you're going to make it, if you're gonna one day be able to go through your phone you know, and not only have people to call, but you have people calling you wanting to do business with you, you're going to have to have that sense of desperation that says, look, I am going to make it. I will not quit. I will not give up. I think number two for me, see what's important is that you have to start with what you have. Like too many people are trying to, like you always say, see, start at these different levels. The one thing I always knew is that, nope, I don't have powerful people per se in my circle of influence but I do have people who underdogs just like me who want something. So if, so if you're growing up in a certain neighborhood that's not necessarily wealthy, yeah, you do have a lot of people perhaps who don't have any dreams of going to college, who may not have any dreams of being an entrepreneur, who may not, you know, one day say they're gonna own their own industry. But I bet you this, I bet you, Carl, where you come from, see where you come from, you do have other individuals in your, in your space saying they want to be something when they grow up. So my thing is, no, you may not be able to start with somebody, you know, who's a billionaire or a millionaire, but you can start with the dude in your community that has ambition just like you. And when you get an ambitious E.T., when you get an ambitious C.J., when you get an ambitious Carl, and you put all three of us together, oh, something going to come up out of that. So I would say number two, just find the other ambitious people in, in your neighborhood, on, on your block, you know what I'm saying, who go to your school. So you can't sit here and lie and tell me that there's nobody else in your circle of influence that's ambitious. And that's the problem with most of you. Most of you haven't become successful because the people in your circle don't want nothing like you don't want nothing. Or you might say you want it, but like you don't really, really want it. So number two, for me, just find the people in your circle that's ambitious. Number three for me is those people who you find do what you can. 
Like, yo, for real, I'm being honest. See, we know at the end of the day, Carl, this year, we, go, we, we will be on television. We know that without a shadow of a doubt. But we started with TGIM. Start where you are with what you have. Everybody's always trying to start with something they don't have. They're trying to do what they see. Start, we started with TGIM. We started, now it's popular now, for everybody to put, you know, they little quotes up, they little motivational quotes up, and I'm not being disrespectful, but we was doing it before it was popular. We, we were using Facebook and Instagram long before it was possible to invoke people to change, to inspire people to greatness. Like, we, we didn't just get on this form. Now, number four, I want C to expound on this because C was the person that sent it to me, and we talked about it earlier, but that character thing versus the, the talent thing, see, you sent that to me first thing in the morning, five, six o'clock in the morning, and I laughed because I told you I saw the exact same meme, and it penetrated, but, but, but give them number four, see, in terms of when you saw the character piece, and you know us and what we believe about character, how we got to where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a simple meme, and it was funny because he hit me right back and was like, I just screenshotted that, but it just said, you know, I I'd rather hire character and train skill. And, you know, for me, and, what, and, and listen, guys, we're talking about a small company, right? You're talking about a small business. Like, this, you know, we don't have 50,000 employees. You know, there's 12, 13 people that work for ETA full time. So this is a small business. So the impact that one bad seed can have can be like tremendous. You know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to, my wife works for General Electric. I'm pretty sure you got a couple bad employees. It ain't about to stop no show. But when you have a small company and you have a small business and there's five of y'all, six of y'all, seven of y'all grinding towards the same goal, one bad seed, one bad character can literally change the trajectory of your company and can sully your reputation like none other. So for us, I would rather have somebody who I can trust, somebody who's dependable, somebody who's reliable, and then we can train that skill aspect. And some people don't look at that and they just say, oh, this person is fire. Oh, they this, they that. But what you don't understand about that person is that their character's not right. They could tear down your entire infrastructure. Yeah. So here's my last one, guys. My last one is do the things that are beneath you so you can one day do the things that's above you. That's my last one. You know, I, I want to just mad shout out, you know, to Michigan State um, basketball, Coach Izzo. You know, um, my son, uh, he, he, many of you know he's doing an internship, and he called me and see the other day so pumped up. He said, Dad, I went first day now, first day my man gets to uh, the intern opportunity, right? No headphones. Crazy, Carl. He said, Dad. The one thing Izzo taught me was don't ever, old school, but don't ever come to work with your headphones on, right? I'm talking about how small is that? Boog said he got there, no headphones on, and the lady was talking to the interns and giving them an opportunity to do something. Boog said they didn't even hear her because they had their headphones on, right? They didn't even hear what she was saying. So Jalen was like, okay, he told the ladies, like, I'll do it. She was like, how you going to do it? You're not from New York. Like, how you going to do it? Like, you've never done this before. My man said, look, I got GPS. So wherever it is, I can put in my GPS and I can find it. So he said it was some little, you know, little uh, random, little go do this, little, you know, little stuff. Like, go drop this off somewhere. Nothing even, you know, deep. But he said he did that and it opened a door for him 
And ever since that day, she's been calling on him to do certain things, right? So I ain't going to name drop because he has ever since then and some other individuals he's been able to connect with, you know, that, that he looks up to in the industry. But what I'm saying is do the thing, this generation, like I'm not mad at y'all for these dreams that y'all have. Like dream big. I'm telling you, you see yourself as the CEO, own the whole company, own the doggone world if you want to. But here's my deal. Start with the things that have been given to you. Like you so big time that people are giving you an inch so that you can eventually take a mile. You won't even do the little small stuff. And I didn't get here by starting with the big stuff. Carl, I know you might have said it, Carl, but can you just tell the people again? Because I know you run and breathe you. You, you, got some, uh, you, went, you got some videos that have gone viral, you know, in the world. But what was your first gig that you had when you worked with this company? Very, very first job was to take the team to the airport. They had a gig in, uh, where were we? Crenshaw, Crenshaw High School. The team was going out there to do some work. And my first job was to get up early that morning and take the team to the Detroit airport, make sure they got there on time and get my butt back home safely. That was it. Oh, so you didn't even get to go on the trip? I ain't get to go on the trip. I just had to drive them there <laughs> safely. That was it. We sent pics. Yeah, right, no doubt. I saw a lot of photos. Me? You feel me? So I'm just saying, I'm, 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 to those of you who are on the line, I promise y'all on everything I love, I can go. I, I never block my phone. I have to block my phone now because I have some important people in my phone. I have some very influential people in my phone. I have some wealthy people numbers in my phone, but it did not start there. It started with being a bus boy. Now I'm not telling you to start as a bus boy and end as a bus boy, but I am saying do what's beneath you today. So tomorrow you can do what's above you. Yeah. And you know what? I want to play, um, Carl, if we could play the dirty laundry track, um, God, perfect. this is yep. kind of putting me in that mode, but you. let's play the dirty laundry uh, uh, track real quick. This is off the Dr. Thomas album. For those of you who don't have it, get it, but play that track real quick. Every time I get to the crib, whenever I fly, I get back home. My girl, they be teasing me. My wife, I've been married this year, 25 years. My wife be on some light. Listen to me. I get home. My wife be like, who are you right now? I'm like, what that mean? Who am I? Are you Eric or E.T. the hip-hop preacher? <laughs> I'm like, I'm Eric. Why you say that? Because when you left, you washed the clothes, dried them, but you didn't take them out, separate them, fold them, and put them up. So I'm, I don't need no motivational presentation right now. We're going to need you to get in there. I need no motivational presentation right now. I need you to get the clothes done. Listen to me, y'all laughing, but I'm excited. Why? Because there was a time she took me off washing duty. She was like, yo, I ain't trying to be funny, but your clothes don't smell like my clothes. You banned. Right? Like, for real, I, I smell my clothes, you wash, I smell your clothes. It's totally different. Like, don't even worry about it. Don't wash no more. And I was, I, listen to me, I took it personal. <laughs> There's some of you, your boss is telling you you average and you ain't even taking it personal. You will never be great. You'll never be great. You, you, you ain't even taking it. You like, you ain't even heard about the fact that your boss just told you you ain't that deep. My wife told me, you will never wash clothes again. You are terrible. And I was like, ooh, that means I can't be great. No, hear me. I'm not on no clothes. When she told me you can't wash clothes no more, I'm saying she just stripped me of my greatness because she telling me I can't be faithful over a few. So I ain't say nothing. 
But every time she would wash, I would just run up behind her. I wouldn't say nothing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> she never told me that. She put fabric softener in the fabric softener, boy, and put a little bit with the dip. You never told me that. You just got me putting fabric softener in the fabric softener, boy. You... <laughs> And then, oh, I didn't know you had the untouchables. <laughs> and you taking those and putting a little, and opening it and putting some in there. That's why it smelled like that. You got two fabric softeners. <laughs> you had me think, you know what I'm saying? You got me feeling like I just don't know how to wash. You ain't give me all your little secrets. Oh, you use one cap, of, oh, one, and I'm taking notes. I'm talking about I'm in Australia. I'm in England. I'm all over the world. I'm coming home and washing her wash clothes. Why? Because you don't become great doing great. You become great doing few. So I didn't even say nothing to her. The last time she did, I was like, I got it. <laughs> I'm good. Don't eat. I'm good. Yep, I got it. Yep, we wash on Sunday. I washed on Thursday. <laughs> I know she watched on Sunday. I waited for her to go to work on Thursday. And was like, bingo. Right in this one, okay, put it, look, in that one right there. All right, untouchables, inside, block, boom, 29. <laughs> Quick wash, I got it. Cold, cold. I had it on like warm, cold. I, I'm like, okay, cold, cold, got it. Wash, fold it. Didn't put them up. I had them sit so she could be like, why you ain't put them up? Why you? She came in like, why you? Why you? Ooh. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And I've been washing since. Oh, you're not hearing me. It don't make sense for me to come here and give you this great speech if I can't wash dishes. You fake. You want to be great in public, but in private? You average. You think you're going to keep flaunting like you great and you ain't going to be sure. They're going to find out. They're going to find out. Okay. So, you know, obviously you're talking about laundry there, but that kind of speaks to the point of what you were talking about just in terms of, you know, being faithful over a few. And I think that's something that people don't want to do when you talk about that network. Like we worked for that network. You know, that network that we got now, like the people that are in our phone, the influence that we have, we actually worked for that. And it started from the ground level. And I know he, me and he talked this morning. He was like, see, I don't want to be the dead horse, but, you know, we need to go back to that self-assess. And I said, let me tell you something. That horse ain't nowhere near dead. <laughs> as many people as I see out there still not stopping to self-assess. That's a thoroughbred. I'm talking about they about to win the Kentucky Derby. That thing is nowhere near dead. And, and the reason is because you don't stop and self-assess and you don't think about where you are. And so Carl was able to self-assess at that time and say, yo, whatever I got to do, if I got to take them to the airport, I got to take them to the airport in order to get to where he is. But some of you, with a master's you degree so though. big time. With a master's degree though, see. Uh, with a master's degree. Uh, some of you, you so big time, you would never dream of being the driver. And don't get it twisted. This wasn't the driver for E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. This was the driver for Eric Thomas. Just the dude who live, you know, down the That's street. Real. We ain't talking yeah. about no celebrity. This was back and, in the day and a bunch of little twenty-year-olds. See, a bunch of little twenty-year-olds. Exactly. And a bunch of twenty-year-olds. And Carl was taking us to the airport. But when you don't stop and self-assess, and you feel like you're supposed to be speaking alongside of E, and you're supposed to be on the trip too, 
That's why you never get to that next level because you're so consumed with the top that you don't do what it takes to get yeah. to the top. So how can I yeah. tell you if you at a level two yeah. and you think you at a level eight, you trying to do level eight stuff to get to level ten and the stuff you really at number two and you can't seem to get your way up the ladder. And I'm trying to tell you it's because you don't know you need to be driving cars right now. You don't need to be coming up to Eric Thomas talking about, yo, I'm going to open for you soon. No, you need to be coming up to Eric Thomas like, yo, can I carry your bags real quick? Can I ask you a couple questions? But you're not willing to humble yourself and look and say, where am I really right now? Am I dominating my profession right now? If I'm not, then I probably have some more stuff to learn and sit back and learn. I still to this day learn. We went to the, let me just say it, and I'm, I'm you know, we, we speaking candid here. We went to the, um, to the Steve Harvey uh, event the other day. He had a camp um, and E came down, spoke for whatever. So me, E and Kale and Kendall went over to the uh, to the Steve Harvey camp. And I'm gonna be real, Kale and, and Kendall was with E. I just went up to the top, like E was speaking, uh, Steve and E was speaking and they had the big camp or whatever. And I'm at the top, there was like a balcony up there. And I'm up in the balcony. And I, I'm gonna just be real with y'all. like. I'm able to self-assess and understand where we're at. And I had to sit there and I had to look and go, wow, we not on Steve level. Like I just looked at the whole camp, you know, the way they ran it, the way, you know, everything was done. Carl, and I sat there and I was like, wow, we not on my man level. I said, yo, I said, okay, but I have to look and I have to observe every single thing they're doing because it ain't always gonna be like this. Trust me, I'm competitive. So I'm actually at the camp and I'm pissed that we're at his camp and he not at our camp. But I was at, but I'm, but I'm not sitting up there going, oh, we big time. We, Steve, we should be, you know what I'm saying? Let's do a co-hosted camp. Eric Thomas and Steve Harvey present. I didn't say that because I understand what level we're at. So I went all the way up in the balcony and I promise you, I was like an eagle just overlooking everything. I wanted to see every move they made. I wanted to see the shirts that the kids had on. I wanted to see the mamas and how they were treated and the tables and what they had on the tables. And I'm looking at every single thing because I'm trying to go to that next level. I'm trying to take ETA. I'm trying to push this company to a whole nother level in terms of branding, influence, inspiration on every single level, guys, but I'm able to take an introspective look and go, wow, you're not on that level. You're not on that level. But at the same time, I'm pissed that we're not on that level. Some of you are looking around at people who are doing better than you in your industry and it don't make you feel no kind of way. Like, I, you should be pissed off. If you in heating and cooling and you got a company and it's a company down the street that's murdering you, you should be upset about that. And it's not enough people competitive and, and not enough people trying to be the absolute best at what they do. I'm trying to be the best at what I do. I don't care about what anybody else does. I told you, we didn't got so deep in what we do that me and Carl walk into places and they thinking we celebrities. Me and Carl signing autographs, taking pics, ain't did his keynote in a minute, right? But we, because we have dominated our space and we continue to try to dominate. Now, you, you, we walk outside of the motivational speaking, you know, consulting arena, I promise you, they ain't got a clue who we are. We stand in the regular line like everybody else. But inside our arena, we care about what we do so much that we want to dominate, man. We want to be the most inspiring company in the world. We want to consult the most companies. We want to be on that next level. We want to have the best camps and the best you know, resources for youth. We want to do that, and we are competitive as we do it. And some of you just sitting back, man, and you watching life blow right by you. You, you, in, the, you, you, you in sales With your and sweet people self. in your own company. 
Yeah, it's, it's people self. in your own company who blazing you, and it ain't keeping you up at night. I ain't even sleep the night we went to the Steve Harvey camp. I was so pissed. I'm going to be real. I just sat there like, wow, yo, we got a long ways to go. Eric Thomas is the number one motivational speaker in the world, and I'm still like, yo, we got a long way to go. I'll say it like this, see. It's two ways, and I'm speaking to our listeners now. It's two ways it's going to happen for you. Number one is what CJ just experienced. Number one, you can self-assess, and you can look at where you are and say, man, I need to grow, yeah, and you can that, learn. Carl. That's, the, that, that's the number one yep. way, and I say promise that, you, that's the better yep. way. Yep. If you could yep. do that, say that's that. the better way. But the yep. second way is you're going to fall flat on your yep. face at some yep. point, and trust me, yep. you're going to hurt. It's going to hurt because you know, you, you, it's a hard realization to think that you're somewhere and you realize that you're not there. And that's going to force you into realizing, like, crap, I got to sit down now and go learn a whole lot of steps. So you got to deal with yourself and your feelings first, and then you got to still go learn. So I'm saying, I'm telling you out there now, if you don't hear anything else that we ever said on the podcast, please look at where you are, look at where you're trying to be, and look at them things realistically. I remember Josh. When Josh started this company, we, man, we got, again, he said we got a lot of people we learned from. Josh said he hired somebody to go work for another company for an entire summer just to learn how they did what they did. And he came back and blew them out the water. Josh been sold that business and gone on to other businesses. So I'm just saying, if you're not in a place where you're learning, you're in a bad place. I don't care how good you are. And I'm saying, Carl, the thing is, you if you don't know where you at, That's even you worse, can't right? learn. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You cannot learn. So why are you always talking about self-assess? Because if you don't know where you're at, you cannot learn. So you might be looking to learn from ET when you should be looking to learn from my man who got 10,000 views. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're trying to learn the wrong things. Like you don't even understand where you are and what you're supposed to be learning. And you could be climbing that ladder a lot faster if you understood the level you're on. Yeah, and this is my thing. I, I just want to say this, to what Carl said, the second piece. Because I want to help you because there are those of you, for real, they're not in a bad way, but you are in a place of ignorance, right? So this is, what, this is, what, this is how you know you're not where you need to be because everything you see around you is not where you're supposed to be and you know it's wrong. The type of car you driving, you know in your heart of hearts if you could drive what you want. Let me tell you something, see, I ain't even share this with you and Carl. Man, I ain't share this, right? Why did my wife doing worship the other day say she's grateful, one, that all of us have transportation, that my son has transportation, my 18-year-old daughter could get to her job and back and forth. She said, I, she said, I drive a Mercedes-Benz. Now, we not bragging. Listen to me. My wife said, and this is my wife. Y'all know her. She a grinder. She's still working. She don't have to. My wife said, I drive an S550 and it's paid for. Right? So, see, I'm not, even, I'm not even thinking about that. She said, not only do I drive it, I don't got a car note. And I'm sitting here like not assessing myself. But when she said that, I was like, yo, for our age, this is where we supposed to be. We're not in our 20s. We're not in our 30s. You know what I'm saying? We're in our 40s. This is where we're supposed to be. Our children in college. And they don't have to take out no loans. Right? And so I'm saying to you, like, don't fool yourself. Don't, don't, don't have such an ego. Don't be so cocky that you are living in poverty and you still telling yourself how sweet you are. Like you don't, like you don't, you don't, as my mother-in-law would say, and forgive my, uh, my vernacular, but my mother-in-law said when me and my wife first got married, he ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. Listen to me, you have, your bank account 
is like zero, but you still walking around here talking about how sweet you are. Look, don't 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 make yourself sweet on something you telling yourself in your in your heart. Gauge where you are. Where are you academically? Where are you like straight up? Where are you in the program? Where are you like? I really need you to think it through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I need you to think it through. And so because if you don't think it through, this is going to happen. You ain't hit rock bottom yet, baby. You ain't hit it yet. But I'm telling you, you're going to hit rock bottom. And once you hit rock bottom, that's when you're going to change and do what you need to do. And we're telling you to do it before you hit hmm. rock bottom. No, you, y'all, y'all telling some truth right there. Uh, let's make that transition. Um, real quick, man, we want to tell you all about the boot camp uh, before we jump in to Ask E.T., uh, tell y'all about the boot camp, man. The boot camp is going to be off the chain. It is July 23rd and 24th. We just got a couple more special guests confirmed, and we're excited about having you guys come out. Listen, we're going in on everything, and we're taking time to spend with you to develop your business and your brand and give you that personalized information that we have never given out before on this level. You talking about two full days with the hip hop preacher, I promise you, you're gonna be you're gonna be exhausted, you're gonna be worn out, but it's gonna be like training camp. You're gonna leave, you're gonna be a little sore, but I promise you, man, you're gonna fly to a whole nother level um, after you leave this this boot camp, man. The people that you're gonna meet, just come for the networking. It's gonna be some powerful people in the building. Come for the network that you're gonna be able to build. We know how important that is, and this is a part of you know, that growth and that journey for us as a company, the very first one. So, you know, we're going to hit it out the park. We are going to go above and beyond and exceed all expectations. That boot camp and people hitting me up saying, yo, who's the boot camp for? It is literally for anybody looking to go to that next level. I don't care if you're in corporate. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, you are a speaker, you know, whatever you do. Um, we are going to help you go to that next level because that's what we do. We are a mind, body, and soul, you know, consulting organization. That's what we believe in. You know, that's why you hear us talk about our marriages so much and our kids and our families and, you know, our, the relationships we have with each other because we truly believe in that. So um, get to the boot camp. Get to the boot camp. We want to see you there July 23rd and 24th. Uh, again, guys, if you're looking for plane tickets, the cheapest plane ticket is into Detroit. It's a quick 45-minute uh, to an hour drive from Detroit. Uh, plane tickets are not that bad, so we look forward to seeing you there July 23rd and 24th, our very first ETA boot camp. Spend the day, couple days, with the hip-hop preacher himself. All right, now let's jump into Ask E.T. Um, let's see. Brian in Spokane wants to know, CJ, what's the toughest part of your job these days, Brian. You know what? The toughest part of the job these days, Brian, to be honest with you, is probably dealing with um, all the requests. And now I don't deal with the email specifically, but you know, because of who he is and what he is and what he means to the community. I mean, they show TGIM in thousands of schools across the country. Um, we get, you know, just you can imagine thousands of requests for E to come, you know, to a school. So California, Florida, Chicago, I mean, they hit us up all the time and we want to get to everyone and we can't. And so, you know, we'll get, you know, the emails come in. Somebody got shot at our school last week and the whole school is down. Can ET fly out to California? Can ET fly to Jersey? And you guys know it's it's impossible uh, for us to be all places at all times. And so, you know, sometimes... 
you know, I'll be honest, like there's times when people email and they're like, can ET come out here? And we're like, you know, sorry, it's travel schedule, things like that. And so most people get it. They understand. And every once in a while, we'll get an email back like, oh, ET don't care about the community. Like he just big time. He ain't coming unless he getting paid and, you know, just going off, you know, acting crazy. And um, it's tough. You know, we are a grassroots organization and we do. Um, you know, obviously have a huge heart for the community, which is why we try to do most of our community service and everything that we do do for free, you know, either at home so he can get home to his family quicker or when we go on the road, you know, we'll kind of cherry pick and grab a couple schools up while we're on the road already or, you know, juvenile detention facilities. But the hardest part of my job right now is just to maintain that grassroots feel, man. When people start blowing up and you see them all over the place and, you know, they own TV and they everywhere. You know, I think the general inclination is for people to be like, oh, man, they Hollywood or they, you know, got big time. And that's the farthest from what we are. So just making sure that we keep that grassroots uh, feel is is probably the most important thing to me right now. Um, E.T., what are Carl and C.J.'s greatest strengths? Uh-oh. And that's from Barb in St. Louis. Um, you know, for me, man, I said it a million times. I mean... You know, CJ is the brand, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has the vision. Uh, he sees things that nobody else sees. He has the ability to forecast, you know. So, um, you know, for me, that's it. C is, I call him, the Quincy Jones of, um, you know, of our brand. He's the Quincy Jones, you know. Uh, Carl, of course, has the ability to take the vision and make it real through uh, media, you know. So, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Quincy Jones and um steven spielberg you know what i'm saying that's that's it all day every day cool matthew in georgia wants to know for all three of you who is your favorite athlete of all times hmm who is he asking favorite that to? athlete all of us oh, oh okay. favorite athlete of all time oh barry sanders for me hands down hmm barry yeah barry sanders Okay. I'm, I'm struggling. Cool. I got to go a little deeper. So my current was Kobe, but of course that ain't, you know, that's a, I want to go deeper than that. Kobe was, um, yeah, Kobe was my, my current, but deeper than that, I'd have to say, man, it's a couple. Man, it's a couple. I mean, the most, the most, the current one I've got, I, 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 I got to go with Ali. Yeah, I got to go with Ali. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's good choices for both, obviously, being from, you know, Michigan. Barry Sanders is a legend, but I'm going to take it a little closer to home, man, and I'm going to go with my guy Steve Smith, Smitty, um, which, you know, man, was a legend at Michigan State, and he was like a legend at a time when, you know, Michigan State football wasn't very good, you know, basketball wasn't always fire, kind of up and down, and, you know, my brothers were Michigan fans, and Steve Smith, when he got to State, you know, I was a youngster, but I just remember him lighting cats up. And then also, man, Steve Smith, uh, most people don't know, um, you know, is, is one of the most charitable athletes in, in the world. You know, he gave a huge donation back to Michigan State and built the Claire Bell Smith Center uh, for all the athletes to use. And then even on a more personal note, um, Steve Smith was responsible for my wife, Candace. Uh, going to Michigan State. Each year he takes a student from out of his high school. Candace went to Pershing High School in Detroit, and that's where Steve Smith went. And each year he chooses one student from out of Pershing and pays their entire tuition to go to Michigan State University. And Candace was uh, that scholarship recipient. And so Steve Smith 
has played a huge impact on, you know, the life of my wife, myself, my son, and, you know, my daughter coming. You know, who knows? I might not even have met my wife if it wasn't for Steve Smith. So there's some sentimental value in, in that choice, man. He was a great athlete, you know, great basketball player, but an even better human being. I got a chance to meet him a couple times, uh, hang out, you know, have dinner with him, I believe. And, you know, just a real special guy, down-to-earth guy. He's down here in Atlanta as well. So I would go with Steve Smith as my favorite. Um, let's go to Zach in San Francisco who says, guys, love the podcast last week. E.T., can you help me um, figure out some ways to keep home court advantage on my side on a daily basis and help me set that atmosphere? Yeah, well, you know, the first thing I do every morning, um, I always, you know, get up and go out and count my blessings. You know, so I think that to, for me, that's the most important thing, you know, is counting your blessings, you know, and, and, and mentally, you know, uh, just reflecting on the goodness. Like I hear a lot of people talk about the bad in the world and there is, there is a measure of bad and we do need to uh, recognize that. And, you know, it's sad that, you know, we have people in our society, you know, who, you know, I learned it from elementary who are just not good citizens, man. And, you know, are trying to tear down the fabric of, you know, what we believe. But there are way more positive things happening. And I choose to focus my attention, the majority of my attention, on what's positive. So I say when you think about what's positive, when you keep your why in front of you, you know, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And, um, you know, especially for those of us who, you know, live in America, when we continue to think about the opportunities that we have, you know, when we think about the opportunities to go to school, the opportunities for wealth, you know, the, just the opportunities, man, you know, from, you know, you go from Florida up to New York, all the way over to the West Coast, you know, um, it's just, man, it's, it's so many opportunities. And when you focus on those three things for me, that's enough, even though you're going to face some obstacles, some challenges, there are going to be some things that come up against you uh, that try to throw you off your mental block. You know, um, but if you could think of those three things every day and use those three things as fuels for the fire, I think I think for certain you'll have home court advantage. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Uh, good advice. Carl, this next question is for you. And this comes from Mike in Chicago. He says you started in biology. How did you develop? A passion for videography. A passion. I like that term. <laughs> Operative word, passion. Passion. No, it's real simple, man. <laughs> um, so again, what what I noticed just being around E, of course, we were around, you know, we were at Michigan State together and E would go into the schools and speak. And I, the, the thing that I just stuck with me is like, what if we did not have a copy of the I Have a Dream speech? Like, what if that wasn't captured? Like, you, you could imagine what, you know, what a large part of history would be missing. So I remember just watching Ego speak to, like, I'm talking about, like, AOP, like some kids coming into Michigan State. And I'm just like, wow. Like, this dude is, like, I mean, I, I can't explain it to y'all. Just changing a little, like, 17, 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids coming in this room. They don't want to be here. Their parents around, whatever. And I'm watching them walk in the room. Or, you know, even, see, you know all the places, juvenile detention centers, wherever. Wherever we'd go, you'd see them come in all hardcore and, you know, like, two, three minutes in, like their whole body language changed. And I'm like, yo, this cannot stay within these four walls. So I'll be honest, the passion isn't necessarily, and don't get me wrong, not that I don't love to do it, but the passion was bigger than that. The passion was 
like this message has to get to the world. So whatever I have to do to figure out how to get this thing from these four walls out to the rest of the world, I have to do that. Like it has to be done because it's too much. It's too much um, life changing information is happening in this hour that I'm seeing that, you know, for it to be gone there. That's it. You know what I mean? It just can't be. It just can't end there. So that was it, man. I just had to figure out a way to make that thing go. Go, hey, not to use this term, you know, loosely, but to go viral. It had to go viral. No doubt. No doubt. I, I, I agree with that, man. And, you know, obviously, you know, kind of I, I have similar, you know, reasons for doing what I do, man. Just, you know, seeing the impact that, you know, these words have had, man, and just wanting as many people to see that as possible. So absolutely. Let's go. Uh, we got so many. Hang on. Let's take one from Twitter, guys. We had one that came off of Twitter that was pretty dope. Um, so, oh, uh, this comes from Irino8578 on Twitter, and he says, CJ, Carl, and ET, if you guys were on an island and could only bring one item, which one would it be? Oh, uh, my wife. <laughs> mm, oh, is, is your wife an item? No, careful. Well, hey, we're going to make her one. We're going to make her one. You know what I'm saying? Together, we, hey, yeah. together we an item. Uh, you feel know me? Right, right. Oh, right. uh, no. If I just... Yeah. Um, Man, some honestly, some to read. A, 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 one of two things, I guess. A photo, you know, just something. Again, just something that taps into a why. That would be my number one. Or if I had to just two, it would be something to read, some piece of material. You know, probably the Bible for me. Just being Christian, like you know, just something that you could just you know rely on day in day out to keep you going, man. Yeah, let me say this to you. See, if it was an equipped ship. I would bring my cell phone with Oh, no doubt. <laughs> you understand know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you got to survive on the island. So okay. he didn't say you could get off. Oh, okay. You got to survive on the island. Oh, forever. I, well, well, I'll bring at my, least a little while. But then I'll bring my Costco's card. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, what would I bring? I, that's a tough question. Um, Probably a, a box of matches because I don't know how to start a fire. I know how to catch. I, know, I could probably catch a little, a little, uh, a little animal or something and cook it on up. But uh, I'm, I don't. I do not know how to start a fire from scratch. So if I had a thing of matches, I could probably just keep that sucker burning, you know, for at least a little while. So um, yeah, no, I appreciate that though. Good question. As always, guys, you can write in your questions. Send them to info at etinspires.com. Or you can send them to us on Twitter using the hashtag AskET. As always, that's brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET2SUCCESS and take an extra 20% off at the checkout. Um, make sure you go do that. Got some dope new shirts, uh, new gear, new swag for the summertime in the, in the shop. Go check that out before it's gone. You guys always complain saying, hey, they don't have my size. And hey, man, what can I say? They go quick, especially when we're giving out that promo code. So go check that out. Um, we got a few more items. Uh, Father's Day. Let's not forget Father's Day coming up, y'all. We got Father's Day. What's that? What's that? What's that? Uh, well, it's, it's a small holiday <laughs> it comes after where Mother's the fathers Day. can be acknowledged <laughs> yeah. for their hard work. And, um, you know, I, I just I do want to stop and on a serious note, get a, give a special shout out to my father, who, I mean, you talk about A1 since day one. You know, we talked about people having yeah, you like know, some doubts like and that. moms and, and wives and everybody not sure. Let me tell you something. Carlos Quinney Sr. has been an advocate and a champion 
for ETA since before ETA was ETA, bruh. So for those of you who don't know, my dad was actually the one who, you know, forced the introduction with E and I, and um, I guess is, you know, re partly responsible for where this thing is today. But I mean, there were times, man, when I might've been down and the money wasn't coming in and we had challenges and I was borrowing money from my parents and my dad never wavered and was just like, yo, I believe in y'all. Y'all gonna get it done. Pops is always the first one wearing the shirt, wearing the gear. Let me tell you how deep my pops is listening to the podcast right now. Pops, love you, man. He called me yesterday, said, I left a review. I said, Pops, you left a review. <laughs> like, Pop, you, my Pops don't even really know how to type on the phone like that, but that's how oh, dedicated God. he is to the movement, oh, man. And he has always, always believed and, you know, gave me, you know, motivation and inspiration at a time when, um, you know, I might have been not so confident, man. And then just, you know, in terms of an example, you know, that I'm trying to set for my son, my dad, y'all, y'all know, he'll tell you 30, 31 years and four days, he worked in um, General Motors in the plant. And, you know, when I worked in there for that summer, I talked about it, but it was, I'm talking about, I was miserable, you know, working on the assembly line and watching the cars go by just a million times. It's just so redundant. And, um, you know, I was in the paint department. It was quiet. You could have your music on. My dad worked in the body shop, y'all, for the majority of that time. And I'm talking about it's loud as all get out. You got to wear earplugs, glasses, sparks flying. It just takes a toll on your body. And I literally never saw my dad complain, never miss a day of work. He went in there every single day to provide for his family. So I just want to say, you know, thank you and love you to my pops, man, who is, um, you know, responsible for me being the man I am today and, you know, the father I am to uh, Trey and Avery. So love you, Pops, and I appreciate y'all, man. Happy uh, happy Father's Day to you. Hey, my, um, just, I mean, keep that going. My dad is retired now, like C said, and when I tell you that he has committed, so it's gone beyond my generation. Uh, my, my parents are literally with me as we speak. I'm recording the podcast, they're at home cooking, they, I mean, they're still parenting me and my kids, man. So definitely, definitely want to just let my dad know for sure. Definitely love you, man, and appreciate everything. I mean, you talk about sacrifice after sacrifice, man. Definitely. I, he, he, I don't know where we're going to go for you on this one. <laughs> but, he got a couple fathers. Yeah, you going to have to. Yeah, he got a couple fathers. Different relationship, <laughs> right, but right, love right. nonetheless. Sli slightly different. But, yeah, no, definitely appreciate And, see, appreciate you for bringing that up. Man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, what C said, man, uh, just now nah, was big because, you know, my, my mother, um, you know, she had a plan, man, from day one, you know, so. My mother was fortunate enough, you know, to marry. And um, I was blessed that, you know, my people say stepfather, you know, because that's the only term that, you know, of course, uh, they can use to identify it. But um, much respect, man, you know, to Jesse Thomas. Um, that's not my, um, that's not my, you know, family name, uh, but he was man enough, you know, to give me his last name. And, you know, I always say I was upset with my mom for not telling me, you know, the truth about my biological father, but mad ups, man, because he, um, he didn't keep it a secret. He a acted as though, you know, I was his blood, you know what I'm saying? So, um, unfortunately, you know, uh, my situation didn't work out like CJ and Carl's, you know, but I, I have to always say, 
uh, that my father was a role model in terms of getting up, going to work, taking care of his family, loving on his family. You know, just unfortunately for me, man, I was a teenager and didn't, um, you know, it is what it is, man. When you, when you, you know, sometimes some of us, when we kids are not mature enough to see things as they are, you know, we see things um, sometimes from a skewed or negative perspective. So I do want to shout out all the fathers out there who come into kids' lives who are not their biological kids and have tried to raise somebody else's son in their absence and father them in, in, in the absence of their father, like much respect, man. I don't even know if I could do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm being real. Cause I, you know, I had Jalen and Jada and I didn't have to raise nobody else's uh, children cause I got married at, you know, at such a young age. Didi and I, you know, have been blessed to be married, you know, this year, 26 years. So for real though, much respect to those fathers out there, uh, those uncles out there, you know, those godfathers out there, those big brothers out there who are fathering children, you know, again, that are not biologically theirs, man. Much respect. No doubt, man. Much, much respect on that tip, man. And um, also, we definitely would be remiss if we didn't, you know, send our prayers and blessings to uh, the victims in Orlando. Just a terrible tragedy, you know, obviously. Um, and we, you know, have been praying and, and sending our well wishes, you know, to, to Orlando and, you know, all the victims, man. Just crazy stuff. Like, you know, we usually don't get into heavy, heavy stuff on, on here. But, you know, when you see, um, you know, your fellow citizens going through, you know, something that crazy, man, we definitely want to send our well wishes down that way. Um, with that being said, guys, we want to leave you on a high note, and that is uh, E.T.'s nugget of the day. So, E.T., go ahead and hit them with that nugget of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, my nugget from the day comes from um, T.J. Speaks. Uh, I read a meme uh, today that he sent and said, you don't get better because you want to, you know. And, man, my, my heart is heavy right now. You know, as I say that quote, it means a lot to me because I can't tell you how many people I come in contact with on a regular basis who just want to get better, you know? That's it, they just wanna get better, see? They just wanna get better, they just, in their heart, they wanna get better, they know they should get better, but they, they're not, they don't have a legitimate plan, you know? They, they're, not, they're not determined to wake up and do something about it, like, they're not willing to go through the pain, the, the, the um, you know, the discomfort, you know, they're not, they're not willing to, start over, over from scratch, you know. Um, they want it, but um, they don't want it as badly as they want to breathe. And so I just, man, I'm, I'm just, this is, a, um, this is a message to everybody that's listening. You're talking to somebody who just like you want, wanted to get better. In my family, you know, in my, in my personal space, in my health, academically, I wanted to go from being a high school dropout to you know, and for those of you who have seen some of my videos where, for real, you like ET your health, there's a couple videos, Secret to Success, NC State, there's a couple videos where your boy is a little chunky, you know, uh, and so um, I couldn't want to get better in my physicality, I, you know, my health. I had to go and walk. I had to go and run. You know, I had to stop eating, you know, certain things, you know, so uh, just a shout out to everybody out there. To want it is not enough. To want it does not mean change is going to happen. It's a start, but that's all it is, is a start. So I'm encouraging you, grind your way through it. Learn your way through it. Fight your way through it. Are you hearing me? Grind your way through it. Learn your way through it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Fight 
your way through it, right? Grind your way through. Like I'm, I'm being honest. Like you can, you can get through this. You can get through it, but you can't get through it. Just wanting it, talking about it, dreaming about it, wishing about it. You can get it because I got it. And if I can get it, anybody can get it because I'm not phenomenally skilled, but I'm phenomenally well. So get back up, dust yourself off every time you fall, but make this the last year of you talking about what you want to do and make this the year where your dreams become a reality. Appreciate that, E.T. Listen, man, we still got a couple tickets left for San Francisco this weekend, Sunday. San Fran, go to etinspires.com, get your tickets for that. Also, go leave us that review on iTunes. If you like what we're doing here, go leave us that review. We got 475 right now. We need to be the 500 by next week. We appreciate y'all. Love y'all. We'll talk to you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might.